TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill. And I am George. And this week, George, we have our first guest. So, George's first interview. We've we've done our uh, introductions. We've had our chats, which have been amazing. And now we're going to get into doing some great interviews. And this first one I'm really excited about, mostly because my producer, Stacey, who we had interviewed on the show just a couple of weeks ago, is very excited about this. She listened to uh, Dr. Mark Gordon on the Joe Rogan show and, and just said, this guy is amazing. You've got to get him on. You've got to interview him because uh, she wants to know all about it, but also she thinks that our audience are going to just love it. So, uh, Dr. Mark is a neuroendocrinologist and he addresses the effects of inflammation induced by brain and body trauma on the production of brain hormones neurosteroids that are recognized to regulate both cognition and neurobehavior. Uh, his center developed a biomarker panel which helps to define the extent of damage and therefore the means to correct it. And we're going to talk all about how they go about doing that through diet and lifestyle and all those sort of things on today's show. It's going to be an awesome interview with lots of amazing knowledge. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, thank you very much, Brett and George. This is exciting to well, talk to you guys down under. Well, one of us is down under. One of us is up top. Well, but, uh... I right. <laughs> George is here. He's down under in Southern California, so all right, okay. I'm up in the little northern. <laughs> so it's all relative, isn't it? All right. So, uh, so Mark, you, you've got an amazing uh, experience here. You've got you're doing some amazing work, and I know George is going to love this because he has personal experience in this area. And I know he's already excited when you started talking about the veterans programs you're doing. So um, it's going to be a great chat today but first of all I'd love to know how you ended up being in this area what got you passionate about learning about brain and body trauma and and wanting to help people in this sphere and I guess particularly what made you start to think about using more of these lifestyle interventions in that space as well well great broad question so my own experience was at about 47 years of age I started developing depression as a physician it's pretty bad being depressed so I went looking for why I was depressed because I wouldn't believe, you know, I didn't suckle my mom's breast long enough or someone yelled at me or didn't do a nice thing for me. So it was something else that was going on. So I went to a company that was specializing in hormonal assessment and they did my entire array of hormones and I was found to be deficient in three hormones, growth hormone, testosterone, and thyroid. And within three months of getting my hormones back, uh, I was a totally different person, was in the gym doing martial arts, got a second degree black belt on the cover of martial arts magazine, and just everything was going phenomenal. And in two th- that was 1997-ish. In 2004, while doing a presentation for a uh, lecture on the brain and hormones, Uh, I came across what I call my epiphany article, which was from uh, pugilist boxers in Turkey. And it said that they had, across the board, consistent growth hormone deficiency. And I said, if they have trauma and growth hormone deficiency, what about the other hormones? Because I had had six head traumas uh, from starting at four years of age and uh, up until the time that I developed depression and was on antidepressants. 
So that became the turning point for my doing family practice endocrinology into looking into this area called neuroendocrinology, which is about the hormones of the brain. And in the first few years of this 14 years of re-education, um, came across the fact that trauma causes hormone deficiency. And then I started seeing that with the hormone deficiencies, there were other psychological problems that arose. So we started replacing the hormones of the brain, which are called neurosteroids. There are hormones that look like the hormones produced uh, below our neck from the uh, ovaries, from the um, testicles, from the adrenal glands, from the thyroid gland. They're all produced in the brain by cells called glia cells. And if they stopped making these hormones, we developed all these psychiatric problems from schizophrenia to depression, anxiety, bipolar, uh, PTSD, which I don't believe in, but PTSD has a pattern due to the inflammation that is created by the trauma. So in re-establishing uh, my view on head trauma and hormone deficiency, it became apparent with the whole slew of articles that were coming out that trauma initiates a whole cascade of inflammation. And that cascade of inflammation creates a change in the chemistry of the brain, the molecular biology of the brain, the molecular chemistry, and stops the production of these uh, important hormones that give us our libido, our mood, our calmness, our assertiveness, not aggression, but assertiveness. And what we started doing is addressing the inflammatory component. Well, believe it or not, testosterone as an example, we think of testosterone as a reproductive hormone or a gender hormone or a male hormone. Well, above and beyond that, it also has this incredible immune stimulating effect where it can increase our body's ability to defend against virus and bacteria, as well as increasing cells that they call CD4 and CD8 cells that are part of this immune protection. So they're not just hormones that deal with, you know, gender, like estradiol is associated when it's deficient and people prone to schizophrenia to induce schizophrenia. So in seeing all these psychiatric things, went to a population of people initially in the NFL and the football, uh, ESPN outside the line in 2006, and then the uh, brain trauma component of it. I did another one January 2007. But it was in 2009 that uh, I had one of the docs that I had trained in interventional endocrinology. That's a term that I coined back in 2007 because I didn't like the term anti-aging. So interventional endocrinology, I wrote a book behind it and started teaching other doctors. And one of the docs called me, Barbara, and she says, my husband is getting ready to be less than honorably discharged. He's at um, in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina at Fort Bragg, and he was a Green Beret. And he had been through four or five different deployments, and he was being uh, very difficult to deal with. So I said to her, look, it, let me send you a kit. So I sent him a kit where it did all the blood testing. They drew the blood, sent it to our laboratory in Florida, Access Medical Lab. They ran the test. I got the results. And I said, aha, I wrote a report and sent it to Barbara. I said, start him on testosterone. Give him DHEA. Give him pregnenolone. Give him this and that and the other. And she did. And within two months, the guy is back being normal. He ended up staying for two additional tours of duty. 
and did very well. So in comparing the um, the NFL that I was working with and with the, the players, NFL players, and the, uh, the, the military, I felt more compassionate towards guys that are putting their lives on the line and um, as opposed to the guys who are putting it on the, you know, the, the lines on the field playing football, making $17 million a year as opposed to our military that makes, you know, a couple of bucks a day. So um, started working with the military. And then in 2000, and I think it was 14, um, my partner, Andrew Marr, who's a Green Beret, who was, um had three tours of duty, and the last tour of duty, he gets blown up. He's EOD, Explosive Ordnance and Demolition, gets blown up um, in the middle of a, um, a firefight. And he didn't have any cuts on his body. He was just blast trauma, threw him 50 feet up in the air and away from where the blast was. And within a short period of time, he develops uh, depression, emotional ability. Um, he's suicidal. He's on 13 medications with the VA. He goes back to the VA doc and says, you know, I'm on these medications. I can't remember how to drive. I can't remember how to get back from being, um, you know, at someone's house and coming home. I'm just breaking out crying and I'm carrying my SIG with me. I just want to end it all. And doc, what should I do? And the doc says to him, get used to it. This is the new you. And he realized that that wasn't going to be the way of life. So he reaches out and he starts looking for outside-the-box technology. And it happened to be the same week that I was looking for a charitable, American charitable organization, uh, a 5013C. And um, he and I met in the cloud. He happened to be down in, um, in San Diego. Uh, getting some neurological testing from one of the brain institutes. He was on base at um, at uh, uh, Coronado. And he drove up, and we drew his blood, and we started him on the first phase of treatment. Within two hours, as you heard from the Joe Rogan show, he was just a totally different person. And then being on our protocol for about four weeks, he's no longer drinking, no medication. He's plateaued. Now we're four years or three and a half years down the road. He's at Pepperdine getting his MBA in business as a company that he's running and just had his sixth and seventh son. Uh, he's got, yeah, child number six and seven are both boys, twin boys. So in seeing this, um, he's helped me to spread the word amongst the special ops forces about what we have. And through his organization called the Warrior Angel Foundation, that's uh, waftbi.org, we've been able to uh, initially treat for free about two, uh, 200 uh, veterans. And now, um, because we've run out of funding, um, we're paying for it as best we can ourselves. We've now got another 70, 80 guys who just started with us since uh, January. And in short period of time, they're off their medication. They're feeling great. They got their libido back. Their family relationships are there. They're just doing, you know, phenomenally well. Last year, we were invited to um, Virginia Beach to meet with the SEALs and give a lecture. On uh, November, we were with... Uh, what was a group four out of Florida in uh, Tucson, Arizona, lecturing. And then Andrew and I will be going to uh, Colorado to lecture to 10th group. So they're starting, the operators are starting to see what we're doing and the benefits we're having without the side effects of the polypharma uh, pharmacy and, and medication. So um, that's where I came from. And that's where we are right now. Yeah, well, 
I have about one million and three questions. So okay, <laughs> start with the last three. They're probably the yeah. best. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, you know what? You know, and and just for context, a little bit, so you know, um, I had seven concussions over three years through Afghanistan and training ops, and so I had you know bleeding around my brain. I had fluid on my brain, and uh, I went through this personally, like hospitalized. Um, you know, a couple trips to the psych ward. Um, you know, headaches to the point where I would lay on the floor in a dark corner for two, three days at a time. Like, mm-hmm. it it was debilitating, and and honestly, um. Luckily at the time I had already basically found paleo. So you talked about inflammation and it was probably one of the biggest breakthroughs that I had uh, when it came to managing all of the pain and all the symptoms that came with it. And and I was on the right path, but um, God, if I didn't find paleo, I don't know where like my world would have been, but can you briefly like just talk about, cause I know there's a lot of people that, you know, have hit their head on a bike or have like bumped into a road or like, you know, even like subtle things that we don't think about and end up with mild TBI or something along those lines mm-hmm. and kind of hard to recognize and, or, you know, self-diagnose. What are some things that people can do or, you know, from hydration to sleep to anything to reduce inflammation to kind of support them in this journey? Well, you know, you're talking about paleo, there's ketogenic, there's paleo. But in in nutrition, we need to remove from our nutrition all the inflammatory products, whether or not it's cow's milk from the steroid uh, jacked up cows or from having lots of grains or even the aflatoxins that are on uh, on peanuts and so forth, nutrition becomes a very important part because when you have chronic stress from the uh, head traumas, the gut's metabolism changes. Steroid, corticosteroids, uh, cortisol, uh, inflammation happens in the gut and causes leaking of the gut, and you've got inflammation, allergic type of reactions, which produce these inflammatory chemicals they call cytokines. And these cytokines we found, and it's what I talk about almost every day with the uh, military that I that I see as patients, is that these cytokines go into the brain, and we've now identified four key ones called interleukin-1, 1B, 6, and tumor necrosis factor alpha. And when they go into the brain or are made in the brain, they shut down chemical pathways that lead to cognitive impairment and also to emotional lability. So you don't want to be eating a nutrition that is high in inflammatory components. You want good exercise because the benefit of exercise with the endorphins and enkephalins, these are two natural narcotics of the brain that can give you some calming effect. You want to do meditation if your cortisol is elevated. We found that 15 minutes of meditation three times a week can half your level of cortisol, which when cortisol is elevated, it shuts off thyroid function, it shuts off gonad or ovarian function. So you lose testosterone in guys, testosterone estrogen in females. So those are some of the key issues. But I think at the beginning of your question was really a key point. How do you know that a specific form of trauma is significant enough to create this cascade of inflammation and loss of these hormones? Honestly, you don't. Because I never lost consciousness on any of my six um, head traumas. And I have a patient who was rear-ended at five to seven miles an hour who developed the biochemistry to prove that he had head trauma by changes in his brain hormones. So 
it can be subtle things like a slip and fall, an automobile accident where you don't hit anything, the bag doesn't deploy. You can have people like um, one of our um, one of our medics uh, was out in Afghanistan for two tours. He was walking behind Abramson tanks as they discharged their shells, their rounds, and he just got the blast from that. He did not have a scratch on his body, not a single scratch, never fell down. But 18 months after he separated from the military, he develops a severe depression. Three medications couldn't control it. And when you have someone who has treatment-resistant depression, meaning that the medication that you're put on doesn't alleviate the depression and you still feel depressed, it has nothing to do with the medication. You've got an underlying hormonal deficiency. And this is basically what we've been uh, collecting, accumulating data about, is that People who are not responding to medication has nothing to do with medication. It has to do with the deficiency and inflammation in their brain. Um, Mark, this makes so much sense. Like I know, you know, as a chiropractor, I see this sort of stuff all the time in terms of, I guess, head and neck traumas, where you know people sure. can have such such subtle things, and it can be a you know it can be a car accident as slow as five or ten k's an hour, and they can cause issues there. So it makes sense that the brain, being such a sensitive tissue, that 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 could happen there as well. But I guess what do people do about this then? You know, if if I'm a you know if I'm a, I'm a parent, I've got two little kids. I think okay, so now. If my child falls over and hits his head or, you know, even just falls over, you know, do I need to take him to a neurologist and get him checked out? Like, what's the practical uh, response that needs to happen as a result of this? Is it a matter of we only deal with it if they start to get depression and we can't deal with it, so then we go get it checked? Or is it something that people should be just going and getting checked on a regular basis? Like, how do we practically manage this? It's a great question, but problematic because there really isn't any straightforward answer for it. You know, how do you meter that your child's fall or their play with um, in uh, peewee football or Pop Warner or something is significant enough? You don't. So there are things you can do to protect them. You know, you can... You know, it's like, you know, when you're having um, crazy sex, you want to wear a condom. Well, when you're doing football, you want to, or any kind of sport, you want to protect the brain by putting some kind of a protection around it. And you can use things like um, acosinoids, uh, fish oil, EPA, DHA, fish oil. You can use alpha lipoic acid. You can use uh, reduced glutathione. There's a whole gamut of natural products that can be used that we use to help diminish the inflammatory chemistry. See, it's the inflammation that occurs that we don't address. You know, a person has a trauma, you do a CT scan, you do an MRI scan, you do a PET, a SPEC scan, whatever the scan is, and you're looking for areas that indicate there was bleeding or there was an area where there's a scar. But there's no test that we have that shows the inflammation. So we need to start thinking about anti-inflammation your nutrition, uh, how what you eat, as well as what you supplement on as a means of checking it. I send. Uh, I don't take anyone less than 18 years of age. When they are less than 18 years of age, I send them either to uh, an uh, endocrinologist, a neuro, en, neuroendocrinologist, endocrinologist, or a pediatric endocrinologist to do a basic workup, okay, to at least have a baseline. Because a lot of times um, in the research that's been done, it can take uh, – three months to start having a drop off in some hormones, or it can take nine months for them to recover. 
So depending upon when the injury happened, when you start investigating, what you anticipate to find. Within three months, about 56% of the people have one or multiple hormone deficiencies. And when you're at 12 months, 36% have one or multiple deficiencies, and it's permanent at that time. Prior to a year, it's acute. After a year, it's chronic, meaning that it it's more than likely not going to improve. And those are the ones that, you know, the uh, endocrinologist, neuroendocrinologist will go and pick up. But when you're a young child and you're not making growth hormone, you're not going to grow tall or you're not making enough thyroid. You're not going to be thin, athletic, active. You're going to be depressed. Aren't you amazed at how many depressed people are running around? Oh, it's 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 absolutely mind blowing. It's absolutely mind blowing. Now I've uh, I'm stuck on this inflammation thing because it was it was so personal for me. And I think um, and I want I don't know if this makes sense at all, but I, I kind of want your opinion because I feel like um, I did the same VA thing. I had 22 medications um, at the peak of it, right? Like we actually had to have like a schedule just to mm-hmm. like get fills on time and like had to write this stuff down. And I, I tried not to take them all, but I remember that, um, you know, before I knew that like my diet and the inflammation played so much, like every time I would get a headache, I would run straight to some like over the counter thing. You know, I ended up taking like too much ibuprofen, too much Tylenol. And I feel like it always like made it worse. And so, you know, for me, I kind of wish like if I went back, like, and I was listening to this as a veteran or somebody that would even know, like, I wish I could tell you, if you could tell me, like, you know, when we are experiencing, you know, migraines or headaches and it's possibly from like TBI or, you know, a concussion or anything along those lines, like, what are some of the things that we can do that you would recommend that would benefit us rather than, you know, take us backwards? Yeah. You know, it goes back to, um, having the appropriate biochemical, um, testing done, the biomarkers done. It took me about 12 years to put together this panel of about 30 test results. Some of them are calculated from others. Um, And based upon these uh, results, you can correct them as we do every single day. We correct their uh, deficiencies and things disappear. One of the um, products that we use uh, stimulates your own body to produce testosterone. We call it clomiphene citrate. And clomiphene citrate has a unique side effect in the guys that have migraines. It takes away refractory migraines, migraines that don't respond to um, traditional treatment. And I see this frequently in blast trauma, IED soldiers that have been exposed to that kind of blast. And Testosterone has anti-inflammatory inflammatory benefits. So the question is, is it the drug directly or is it the fact that it increases the brain's estrogen and um, testosterone? So it's really back to the basics, and that is looking at the chemistry. And there are four, you're, you've got this thing for inflammation, so I'll feed you. Um, what we found is there are four um, inflammatory uh, markers uh, the ones interleukin-1, interleukin-1b, 6, and tumor necrosis factor. Well, they found in a presentation that I did to uh, group four in this presentation, the researchers found that if you looked at schizophrenia, what they call PTSD, for me it's called symptomatic TBI, but they call it PTSD. You look at depression, anxiety, bipolar and um, obsessive compulsive, you find consistently in each one of those, you find interleukin-6 and tumor necrosis factor alpha. Unfortunately, right now we have no prescribed medication that will reduce it, but we do have 
natural, two natural products, when you put it together, have been documented to shut down what causes those to go up, something called NF-kappa-K-A-P-P-A-B. Wikipedia has a good dissertation on it. And then you look at people who have something called rheumatoid arthritis and others that have lupus. These are common autoimmune diseases. Question was asked, why do they have such a high occurrence of depression? Well, guess what two markers were found in these, these, these individuals? interleukin-6 and tumor necrosis factor alpha. And then looking at how it works, it interrupts the chemistry that gives us our cognition in the area of the brain called the hippocampus, as well as it interferes with our neuroconductivity that gives us the, the integration of the different lobes of the brain in giving us calmness or cognition and memory or lack of irritability or sequential um, in the frontal lobe, being able to sequence things or executive functions or the back of the brain, the occipital lobes with visual cortex. So that's a long answer for the, for the question. I apologize. Hey, uh, Mark, I'm really curious about this link between depression and brain trauma because, you know, we know mm -hmm. that there are a lot of things that are linked to depression. And obviously, you know, we can talk about diet, we can talk about exercise, we can talk about, um, you know, drug usage, we can talk about, you know, previous emotional traumas. I mean, how big a contributing factor do you think head trauma is to this issue of depression uh, as opposed to all of these other issues? Uh, great question. Uh, any kind of head trauma will potentially stop production of hormones. So in a lecture that I gave in Loma Linda uh, last month, I have a slide, and the slide shows depression plus testosterone, depression plus thyroid, depression plus um, growth hormone, and all the major hormones. And at the top of the slide, it says, how many articles do you think were published on each one of these relationships from 2000 until 2015. And I went around the audience. This is the 86th Medical School Alumni Association, all docs. And so a guy in the front row, I picked on him and said, how many? He said two on testosterone depression. Another one I said, uh, how much? They said seven. Another one said maybe 15. Well, I uncovered the numbers. There are 80 3,400 articles relating testosterone to depression. And we see it, we know it, but we're not doing anything about it. In geriatric population, when you look at the occurrence of dysthymia, which is a form of depression, dysthymia or feeling blue or melancholy, it's very high. And studies have been done where they just gave them the precursor to testosterone called DHEA, and they improved. 80 to 90, uh, 70 to 80-year-old males and females, they improved not only in sense of well-being, but physical activity. And then studies which have been done on testosterone and depression, meaning giving injections of testosterone, there's a direct correlation. The higher the free testosterone, the lower the depression becomes. And there have been uh, studies 15 years ago on gels, using gel form of testosterone and improvement uh, in depression. But we find it with 
things like pregnenolone, which is the mother of all hormones with DHEA, we find it with almost every one of the hormones that there's a relationship with uh, depression. Thyroid hormone, 413,000 articles. Growth hormone, 18,000. Estradiol, I think it was 103,000 articles. Almost a million articles talking about hormones and depression. Wow. How wow, can that's... you refute that? I don't. I don't think you can. I don't think you no. can. I mean, it's it's no. overwhelming. It's overwhelming. So yes, with that's right. It's yeah. overwhelming, and no one is using the data that's out there. The literature is sitting on a shelf collecting dust. Okay? Yeah, and that's why. That's why I want to ask you this next question real quick. Like you, you need this. I mean, you see this. There's so much overwhelming data, right? It's 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 irrefutable with what's out there. And trust me, like I'm a proponent for this. So, you know, for me on my side, I'm a veteran that's been treated. I've been doing stuff for a long time, and I'm I'm you know I'm a thousand times better. But I know we also have a lot of listeners that are like, you know, they might not have traumatic brain injury, they might not have anything, but like. What would be the wish, like if you could do anything, because you're the pioneer of this and you're making a massive impact and I want to support you. I know our listeners want to support you. Like if they could do anything to support this or forward this cause or, or what would that be? Like where would that support look like? Is it on social? Is it, you know, not even your website, but like what can people proactively be doing to help veterans get this care, first responders get right. this care, anybody that's well, had an injury? Thanks. I appreciate this opportunity. Um, you know, financially, um, it always helps, but the real focus is getting the word out that there is an option. You don't have to stand in line and receive these little satchels of 15 different medications, 13 or 18, like one of my patients has 18. Um, you can disseminate the information by learning that you don't need to be knocked down, knocked out uh, in order to have traumatic brain injury. You don't need to be hit by a car uh, it could be something as sim simple as uh, slipping or uh, roller skating or bicycling and falling or skateboarding or uh, snowboarding or surfing. Any of these or or uh, what is it? Um, uh, skiing on moguls or skiing in the ocean where you're bouncing on the waves. That that type of repetitive hammering can lead to head trauma. And a lot of people that I see initially deny the fact that they've had any head trauma, but when you find the laboratories that says, hey, the only way you can have this is with head trauma, you know, and then they look back and say, yeah, well, maybe I did have a little bit of a slip and fall here or something. So getting the information out for me right now is the most important thing. If they wanted to help the, the veterans, uh, Andrew Marr, my Green Beret partner, has a 5013C in good standings with the federal government of the United States. Uh, we've been able through the organization till today to probably fund partially or totally uh, about 250 veterans. And, um, you know, sale of our products, uh, I developed products to help um, three products. One is called Dynatropin, which is a growth hormone stimulator. Uh, that's 100% natural. It's been on the market since 2001. It went into physician-only hands in 2006, and the product works. How do we know? Because all these doctors that use it measure it and see the response. Another product which we made specifically for um, the veterans that were coming to me on Adderall, um, Ritalin, Dexamphetamine, Methamphetamine, Crank, Cocaine Hydrochloride, ProVigil, NuVigil. These drugs are horrible on the brain function. So my daughter Allison and I uh, developed a product called 
clear mind and energy, 100% natural, uses EGCG, which is the active, concentrated active ingredient in green tea, which has been shown to help in strokes and with, Park, uh, with Alzheimer's disease. And there's no added caffeine. They feel clear-minded. It's got uh, activated B12 uh, in it. It's got a couple other things in it. And it helps with clarifying, clarifying the inflammation of the brain, the free radical damage. And then the last product, which hasn't been released yet, is called TBI Defense, which was we developed it specifically for those less than 18, the less than 15, the less than 10-year-old kids who are in sports that they end up having, you know, head trauma and their personality has changed. And that's one of the earliest things that we hear from the parents is that he was such a sweet kid and all of a sudden he gets a head trauma and he's, you know, on drugs, he's doing this. So that's the way that people can help. Go to the website, uh, if I can, it's uh, dhpusa.com. Uh, the products are on there. That money generated from all the products are given to our veterans to help offset the cost of their program. So that's great, Mark. That's- you uh, you beat me to it. I was just about to mention the website and send people there. So uh, you know, obviously, they can find you also at tbimedlegal.com and, and find out all about you there too. So uh, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on board today. An absolute wealth of information. Thank you for coming and sharing that with us. Um, And hopefully, we've helped you on your mission to share that and and to share this information with as many people as possible. Uh, Thank you very much. I appreciate this opportunity. And uh, hopefully, George and I will have a conversation uh, soon. Yes, yes. We'll get get connected via email. Okay. Good job. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you very, very much. All right. And for everyone else, until next week... Join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This year, the Wellness Summit returns. I realized in this time that I couldn't keep waiting for love from other people. I couldn't keep expecting love from other sources. So I had to give that to myself. Yanni says, I don't care if everyone says that the kitchen is the woman's world. He says, I'm going to prepare food. I love my own cheese. I love my own wine. I don't care what you think of my new flat screen TV. He just loves company. I started asking myself more often, what do I want? Such a simple question, isn't it? But when you think that, and I'm sure all of you sitting there, when you think that, something springs into your mind. And there's something there that you want that you haven't been doing for yourself. Brett Hill and Marcus Pierce feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.